Welcome back to the Terriers Talk podcast. It's been a short while, but we are finally back. We're going to change up the content style as well, I think, and I think that's something that we all wanted to touch on straight away. Uh, we felt that the old format of doing things was it just it just wasn't working for us, and we wanted to put out more content and better content, uh, something that works for better of us. And while that means that maybe some episodes will only have two of us, some episodes will have three. We just wanted to change things up and, and do things in a better way for all of us. But we wanted to start things back up, uploading with the, um, obviously, press conference yesterday and kind of what it's meant and just Nagel as a whole. So starting off, what what's everyone's first like kind of thoughts on, on Nagel? Yeah, so obviously we've known for a little while that he's, he was the prospective owner of town, uh, probably two or three months maybe. Yeah, so and he came to his first game uh, towards the end of the season. So we've had time to learn about him and do our own individual research on him as a person. But he's uh, not been able to do anything officially until uh, maybe just under a week. Yeah. Uh, we've got his Twitter, which was a nice way to get to know him and his intentions with us as a community and people. Uh, he's clearly a very personable man. But yeah, yesterday we got to know a lot about his footballing strategy and plans for Huddersfield Town. So, Jay? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm quite excited. I think um, you can tell he's a very community-based man, likes to engage with the community. Um, obviously, you mentioned his Twitter. He's really got to know Huddersfield as much as he can, um, you know, turning up at different places, asking what, you know, what the best fish and chip spots are around here. It's, it's nice to see... Um, it's nice to see an owner from across the pond communicate with you know with with a new group of people so well. So on that on that front, yeah, I'm quite excited. But let's just see what he can do in in the boardroom. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he's definitely got a lot of plans. Uh, ben, going to start us off. We've got a lot to talk there's, about. There's 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 a lot to talk. It's now a podcast. It's now a podcast. It's now a press conference. Then a twenty minute yeah. documentary. Um, obviously, more on the documentary later. Um, I think the the yeah. big first thing about the the press conference for for me anyway, um, was kind of like the 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 plan to move forward as a club and to do it sustainably and set a real kind of infrastructure about the club. And I think that's something that needed doing, especially with the amount of time that a lot of people have been in the in the club. Um, there's a, there's a look to just complete not overhaul everything, but overhaul a lot of the aspects of things from playing staff I'm going to guess players will be included in that as well at some point but there's just a there's a look to do things sustainably and that's something that I found really promising and it's it's something that we've needed to do for quite a while because some of the staff have been there for for quite a while so the fact that he's looking to do so yeah um, it was something that was talked about when uh, Hodgkinson first came in and not a disrespect to him or Dean Hale but they never the sustainability aspect of it it was something that was really hammered home in their interviews and stuff and to a degree it worked but hopefully this time we can get it right because if you look at clubs like Luton Town best example obviously it's yeah. the one that everyone goes to Brighton as well uh, obviously to a whole new level getting into Europe this year yeah. they've had plans for three four five years mm. um, Luton obviously came to our place lost in the playoffs straight back so that just shows what a good, strong plan can do. And I think, in my eyes, he was sort of leaning towards them. He was talking about championship clubs with lower budgets doing better. I think he was definitely talking about that. I'm sure he sees them as something of a role model, as many, many football clubs should. Yeah. Yeah. Sustainability. 
terrific. Yeah, that's what we all want to hear. Got to back it up, of course. Uh, yeah, plans to buy the stadium as well. Uh, something that's been talked about before. Uh, Phil and Dean obviously teased it before. Uh, this time, do we think it's actually going to get done? I think um, if there's you know anyone who who might pull it off, it's it's, it's him because he, he's he's already said um, it's a beautiful stadium that needs work. And um, yeah, doesn't he? He, you know, he's, he's obviously quite heavily, very heavily financially backed. Um, and what he's doing for his uh, club, Sacramento, he's just put five hundred million pounds down for a dollars down for a for a stadium for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as we touched on just briefly before, he's a community man, and it's a community stadium. And he's even said, yeah. he's done his research, and he said this stadium. Uh, if it has off, you know, if it has concerts or events 50, 60 days of the year without ruining the pitch, it would be good for the club and it will be sustainable moving forward. And he, you know, he's done his research because he knew that Muse were here last week with 30 to 45,000 people in the stadium. And it is a good stadium. And yeah, I hope we do acquire it because it's a very valuable asset. Yeah, I think, I think that's something that, <clears throat> pardon me, it's something that he's looked to do. And I think he's, He's doing things out of the best interest of the club and the community, and that's something that the stadium's such a big thing for a, for a club and a community because it's it's the it's the centre point of things. It's like to compare it with, for example, Newcastle. Their entire town or city or whatever Newcastle is on, I'm not really too aware, but it is built around the stadium. And I think that's with Huddersfield as well. It's a it's a focal point of the the area that the stadium is somewhere where most people go every week, and to have a a, a place that everyone looks to and to actually for the club to own that and to make it a a thing that it can be done for multiple things it, it makes it brilliant and that's something that like has been said has been going on for some time that has been talked about um and something that was talked about i think and was a big thing of of phil and even with dean was was the academy and looking for things in the community that could bring local kids in and things like that and i think that was something that was was touched on quite strongly as well and especially like poaching young talent yeah, yeah, he um, he mentioned. I think he um, he said something along the lines of "I'm ready to do it at you," uh, which was very American, very um, uh, action movie. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, because yeah, it was something we did to some degrees of success, probably under Dean's tenure. I mean, you think of Harry Bunn, who came from Man City, Tommy Smith as well, same club. Uh, mm. We used to take people like Matty Daly uh, and from. Bigger clubs than us, Man City and Everton. Kieran, uh, Phillips, sure yeah. Kieran Phillips came from Everton as well. Yeah, obviously that one and Matty Daly didn't work out so well. Well, Jerry Tom. Anyway, it's something that we should look to do. It's something that, like I said, these smart clubs with plans do because it's a better pathway to the first team. We did yeah. it with the French lads in Kamara and Diara, and then that fell off a cliff completely. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, because they've been something of successes uh, to a degree. But to start doing that if we want to compete and we've, he says we've got to compete differently it's the way forward because we've got a good B team structure we've got a good B team coaches we've got decent facilities but you can always improve and you've got to improve on the graph first and the playing yeah. squad there's, there's yeah. young talent all over that will take a cut in stature of club and probably a cut in pay to come and have a quicker pathway to championship football. 
Mm. And it, it happens all over. So why can't it happen to us? And it is just another way of saying we're going to be sustainable with future thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I fully agree. And just to touch on the comment you said there, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, definitely. And he has got that entrepreneurial mindset of, you know, work's never finished. It's, it, it's never done. Let's improve. Let's try to be better. And um, although we only listened to him for maybe just over an hour yesterday, including the documentary and the press conference, you can fully see that. And that's a reflection of his character. Um, so if he does bring that into day-to-day life of Huddersfield Town, then, yeah, I think, um, you know, you can you can never rule anything out. But I think we're in relatively safe hands. I think it's, it's obviously important not to... And this, this, we, we've, we try to record this one already, but we had technical difficulties. It's something that Jack said, but I'm, I'm going to take Jack's crown off him, and I'm just going to say yeah, it's go obviously on. important to be not too giddy and call him the the savior. Well, not the savior, but like the the promised one and this, that, the other. It's he's he's done a brilliant thing. He's he's saved the club, and I don't think that can be under on like under, along with Dean Hoyle. Yeah, he's, him, him and Dean Hoyle have have saved the club, and that, that can't be understated Cheers, what Dean. they've done Cheers. for the club. Um. But obviously, we've got to also stay quite grounded in the fact that there's very little to go off so far, which is no no uh, shame to himself. There's literally nothing that he can have done because he took over the club last week officially. So there's literally nothing more that he could have done in the space of a week that that would have been able to do. And obviously, there's there's financial fair play restrictions that mean that he can't do certain yes. things. So I think it's important to stay grounded because this season won't be one of investment on the pitch we're not going to spend tens of millions in five seasons time with him we're not going to spend tens of millions with him this season it's going to be very much a case of we're going to have to be smart with the way that we look into things um whether that be the loan market free agents this that the other we're going to have to do things very smartly and i think he's prepared and knows that which is brilliant so it's something that will will be very good for us um and but we need to also just be not wary, but we we need to not get too overexcited too quickly yeah. and and think that things are going to change tomorrow night because it's it's going to be a process and I think he he understands that very much. Mm. I think I, he's contract gone. Yeah, the way I think about it is it just bodes well. You, yeah. I, you can't say much more than that because as you say, he hasn't had the time to do anything. It starts now, so we might get all the news this week. We might get all the. Well, we're putting a bid for the stadium and we're negotiating that deal and that's terrific but that might also never come there's a chance mm. of that there's a chance that yeah. might all fizzle out and then it, mm. it's not it's not a false promise but it's something that we could have got excited about the academy may never start looking elsewhere and it might never develop mm. uh, but we can't think like that because we've had we've had a tough year on the on the pitch off the pitch everyone involved in Huddersfield had a tough year football wise mm. Yeah, it is time to get excited, but it's just necessary yeah. to understand that it, it it does just board well and nothing more right now. Things, I think he's got. Time. I think he's got the right people for it. Um, obviously he's, he's brought Jake Edwards from um from the from the US. Um, seems president very, of that league. Yeah, very highly yeah. thought of. Um, Dave Baldwin obviously staying, uh, around, was yeah. there, staying um and he's wanting a new. Sporting director to yes. take after our dearly Romby. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Less said, less said the better. But no, I think I think he can really. I think he can if he gets the right people in the boardroom. I think yeah, he'll do it, a job. It, it's interesting on the sporting director front 
because so obviously we're having a year in Milwana, which is something we will touch on eventually whether we're touching it today i don't know anyway we're having another year of neil warnock neil traditionally does not work with a sporting director he's very much a man who you know manages yeah he manages he's a man manager and he wants his he wants his people for example he's got his new backroom staff in they're his people yeah i think there's no, there's no doubt about that um and he wasn't afraid i don't think he's afraid of making the decisions himself. So I think it's interesting that he said with full confidence that we are looking to bring in a sporting director this year. I, I personally wouldn't have been surprised if we waited a year and got a sporting director in. But it is happening and there's plenty of good people in football to pick from. So I'm sure that's tomorrow going to be Jake Edwards' job. Possibly Neil Warnock gets involved in that decision. But... Yeah, it's uh, one of them that we'll find out in the coming days, weeks, months. But yeah, Let's I think. Th- go on, sorry. There's not much more to say, I suppose, about a hypothetical sporting director. It's just something that might happen, and we might know about. And I'm sure we'll touch on it when it happens. I think. I think the thing as well with with keeping Warnock on is, he was he was very very. Um, I can't. My mind's gone blank, but he, he was very. Uh, happy. That's not the word that I'm looking for. But he was. <laughs> you could you could tell like how much it meant to him that we got Warnock and and Ranny yeah. Jepsen in, um, and how Ranny much Jepsen. that meant to him for for this year. Because I think he knows that going back to the project. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think he knows that things are going to take time. But I don't think there's any better yeah. manager in football right now to go. Right, look, we're not going to be able to invest much this year. There's going to be a lot of things changing and shifting over. Who's the best manager for that? And it's it's Neil Warnock because it's say Warnock. for example. Yeah. You bring in Michael Duff or you bring in Ian Everett, somebody like that. You bring them in and you put them in this project right now and it doesn't go well for them because they can't invest in their own team, they can't invest in their own people. It's not going to bode well for them because they're not going to have their own things there. Whereas you give it a year, you get a new director in who's been working with Warnock for a while because Warnock's already said that he'll he'll throw his suggestions about for for who to get and this, that, the other. Because you've got to remember that Nagel wanted him as an advisor this season let yeah. alone as a manager. So I think it's important to remember that we've got a year of Warnock looking at other coaches as well, potentially in the back of his mind going, that could be a fit. These lads could play well for this manager, this, that, the other. Mm. So it, it, there's there's a big view to the future. And I think that we're in the right hands with Neil. And I think Nagel getting Neil is a massive, massive testament to him and, and shows not only how much he's able to kind of convince somebody, because I'd imagine it'd take a fair bit of convincing, but also, it's a massive testament for Neil's for saying they'd not do a favour for Kevin Nagel, but do a favour and, and stay on for another year, which I think yeah, is a favour for the club. Yeah, it's yeah. a favour for the club, and it's it's a smart move from a smart man, uh, you know, Kevin Nagel. And uh, I think we'll, just to finish off, we'll touch on um, what we saw, uh, you know, a few hours after the press conference yesterday, which was the Hollywood-esque documentary. Um, I mean, there's only one episode, so you know we can't really go on um for a long time about it. But if you're gonna capture a fan base that you've just introduced yourself to, that is the way to do it. Yeah, definitely. And just um, for anyone who's not seen it, called up the town, and it's on Town's YouTube channel, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the first episode, like Jay said, is out. So definitely give it a watch. Uh, we've all seen it. It's terrific. Yeah, it's a really nice insight. It's only the first episode, like you said, but it's a it's a nice insight. Um, yeah, uh, you get a nice sort of deep dive into 
early process of him deciding to buy an English club and that English club ended up being town and proposing it to his friends and advisors. And then you see him with his family towards the end, which is really nice. It just, uh, again, broken record, but a very personable man, uh, full of time for everyone and a uh, humble man as well. But yeah, no, it's a good watch and I'm sure, I don't know how often the episodes are coming out. Have we had a confirmation of that? No. But anyway, um, uh, I'll be very excited for episode two, three, four, however many there is. But yeah, no, it's just another exciting thing going on at Huddersfield Town right now and a very good way to introduce yourself. I mean, you tell you tell anybody that Town are being taken over, you're going to get excited. Tell them it's by an American who sold a company for a few billion last year. You're getting even more excited. Then to wake up, potentially, if you've, if you've missed the press conference and not heard anything about it, but at three o'clock, see, oh, there's a documentary about Huddersfield Town. You're going to think you're still asleep. There's some people out there that might do that. But no, no, it's no, like, it's like that. It's, it's like that Vince McMahon meme. Everything just gets better. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's you. You see it, and you're like, "This is such a good thing for the club." And it's uh, Sandra tweeted it yesterday. You don't do a documentary unless Sandra. you've got you've got something about you, and you've got a plan, and you've got plans to do big things for a club. And it, it's true because it it gave a different side to Kevin Nagel because I think the press conference showed very much that. The businessman with a little bit of his personality and a little bit of his his background shining through and he spoke about it and he touched on it but he didn't really go into depth on it but then to see a documentary about it where you're being brought into his into his home or one of his homes you, you, it's, it's a brilliant thing you get to know him as a person and being taken yeah. into a very private aspect of his life and opening that up although it only be for a documentary is still a massive thing and for an owner that isn't from Huddersfield in the local area to there's going to be some doubts about him anyway. Just kind mm. of, is he? Does he care about the club and this, that, the other? But being out, but him opening himself up to such a personal aspect of his life shows that he's wanting to kind of get fans on side, and he wants to, he wants to be an open book with things, and you, it's brilliant to see. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got I've got one complaint, and it's the fact that he likes his pasta soggy. Wasn't a fan of that, but no, um, really, really happy. Um, Boys, I don't know if you've got anything else to say, but... I, I, I could never believe we'd name-dropped Sandra on the Terriers Talk. <laughs> so, Sandra's an iconic um, figure within the Terriers Talk fan base. Not the Terriers Talk fan base, the, the, the Oldsfield fan base. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've been in touch with her, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you watched it, but... Uh, yeah, you're welcome for the shout-out, I guess. Anyway, um, yeah. no, I don't think there's much more to say. It, it, it does all blood very well. And he likes his pass to Soggy, yeah. So that's yeah. Kevin Nagel, that's Neil Warnock. That is the press conference, and that's the Terriers to talk back. So we will be back the next time. There's probably a bit of news to cover. Uh, as it may be a player signing, we might cover something like that. Corona extending. Hopefully. Hopefully. Touch wood. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we will probably be doing match previews from the week of Pop and the Fag Island. So. Yeah, thank you very much for watching. Uh, uh, I hope you missed us. <laughs> but yeah, we shall see you later.